What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No, no. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No, yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't. Cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a, it's a podcast this weekend, because someone remind me. I thought it was a video game podcast. Yeah, I'm listening to the Game Source Podcast. We are live again. I love this. It's so fantastic to do this over and over again. Yes. Or what? This is our first time, right? Yeah, we never yes. messed up. Yes, and as soon as I delete the files, no one will ever know. <laughs> it is Game Source, the world famous The Game Source podcast, number 139. This is Gerald, better known as Yes, Selvis Lives, and I'm here along with my cohort in crime. This week is, or this episode, it's Killer X Wolf. It's Chris. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great, doing fantastic. And it's, uh... we, it's a, well, I was going to say, it's, uh, as you say, another beautiful day in paradise. Another beautiful day in paradise. Yes, it is. Uh, Here in Vegas, in the command center, in, well, actually, uh, you know, the central base, the central hub for us here. If you have any questions, please give us a shout out, info at yourgamesource.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at GameSource. And then you can also reach us out on our Game Source Facebook page. Two words, game and source. Uh, we got a lot of great videos that we've shown recently on our Game Source YouTube page, and as well as the latest info and news, you can always find our great reviews this week of the Trails of Cold Steel, excuse me, from Exceed, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, that Rob McCallum just recently reviewed. That's available on our site yourgamesource.com, along with a review of the Tower of Deadly Monsters from OSU Water Polo, and also as well a two-part series we're actually going to finish up this week on a review of the Otacon that took place this past week at the uh, Planet Hollywood Hotel and Casino. Our good friends, they're awesome people. The Johnsons, both Stephanie and Jeremiah, need to be applauded for their efforts. They had a great time, and they wanted to convey everything they could about what's it like at Otacon, both as well, you know, if it comes back here to Vegas, but also as well if you're interested in attending it later this year in the Baltimore area. So I'm here now, and we're going to play a game that's called Rapid Fire with Killer X Wolves. So uh, let's get right to it. It's an abbreviated version of the Game Source podcast today, so we're going to get right into it. And uh, I know you didn't get a chance to stop by CES, but I was there for quite a bit. 
and uh, I saw all the latest and greatest, all the things you know that that took place in CES, all the the interesting new concepts and designs and and trends in the, the consumer electronics industry. Um, but I know you were actually following along, you know, in fact, well, you know, because of your familiarity and on a daily basis with consumer electronics, what were kind of some of the kinds of feedbacks you were getting when it comes to CES? Well, not even just from what I read, but from, or from what I saw, the videos, the, the streams, everything else. But I did see a lot of uh, people interested in probably, I'll, I'll talk about who I think basically won CES, but a lot of people talking about, the, the gaming industry in it, as well as a lot of just the newer technology that advances what we do in our daily life. Um, some of the things provided from companies like Intel, uh, Oculus Rift, um, Sony, they were all up there with newer technology that we had not thought possible. And some of it that we saw coming, but they perfected it. They showed off a lot of cool things. But uh, a lot of people are really excited for this year of electronics, um, and the future coming years of electronics and how this CES was presented. And there was a lot of great things I saw there, just a lot of great uh, technologies. But one of the great things about it was that it wasn't so focused on on the latest and greatest in TVs, although 8K was shown there and whatnot. Yeah. Um, usually they have a tendency to fall with uh, a love as a whole with one medium. medium. I know a couple of years ago, Android gaming was just all the rage. Everybody had their Android gaming consoles. And, you know, there were a lot of smart watches and things of that nature there. Everything seemed to be um, uh, have an affinity for running off of a smartphone because everybody had, a, had an app you could download to run their products. Uh, drones were obviously in high order as well. I personally personally enjoyed the fact that I saw some uh, advancement uh, in appliances, household appliances, such as refrigerators, washers, and dryers, uh, a smart closet by LG, as I'll call it. Yeah. Uh, that was that just dries your clothes while you've got them hung up on a rack, which was just truly awesome. And ste- steamed them too, which was truly quite a pleasure to see. Um, uh, refrigerators by Samsung that you could actually look inside uh, when you're at the store from your smartphone to see what you're missing, what you're needing. Um, and it also tells you when your food is going to is spoil or whatnot, or how long it's left that's due. Uh, but you know, the great things like that, just, just, just truly awesome, uh, to see and, and hear. Um, but one of the things obviously to touch on and one of the biggest trends there that seems to be going gaga, everybody's going whoop de doo over was virtual reality. I got a chance to play, you know, use it firsthand with uh, Samsung Gaming VR. Obviously, there also as well HTC Vive. There was um, Oculus Rift with with their uh, entry, and then you know you had Sony with the PlayStation VR. But I want to ask you, uh, you know, virtual reality is going to be coming very very soon, as of this podcast, very very soon to consumers or be made available to consumers. But the price. You know, announced by Oculus Rift recently at five ninety nine uh, for their standard model unit, not outstanding. You know, any accessories, peripherals, controllers, or that don't come with it outside the Xbox One controller that's bundled. And then also as well, the type of PC you need to run the unit. Let's not even go there. It's high cost for regular consumers to buy and think of uh, at this point in time. I know, for, as far as it is concerned, you know, the technology is there, but is it 
feasible for the consumers at large right now to go ahead and invest in virtual reality? Or should they wait until, you know, as everything consumer electronics does, the price falls down in, in a matter of time? Well, just like in anything electronic, uh, all the electronics industry has its own its own ecosystem. And there's a percentage that's been that's been calculated that you have innovators and you have early adopters and these are the people uh, granted only a mere less than 15 percent of consumers out there of of people out there at least are going to be into that buying group they want to be the first ones to try it they want to be the first ones to actually believe in this type of stuff and those guys price isn't the option you know they will wait out a week just to make sure that they get one from a GameStop or a best buy or wherever they're selling these from or just waiting on their computer clicking refresh refresh to buy one your your early adopters and your innovators, those are the ones that are going to be true hardcore gamers as well. They're the ones that want to test every little bit that has been promised. They want to see what it has to offer, and they want to be the first to say, yes, I was the first to try this, regardless of the price. They had the same exact uh, feel 15-some-odd years ago when flat panel TVs came out. As soon as high definition came out, plasma TVs were ten grand, but people still bought them. And those are the first 15%. But, yeah, like I said, it's, I think it's just going to be a small number of individuals that are going to be able to latch on to this because, to me, right now, it's it's not a necessity that, that people, you know, have to get into virtual reality. Uh, still has a lot of barriers that needs to break through and, and stigmas attached to it as far as it's concerned uh, with people just, you know, still freaked out. Am I going to get nauseous and and really am I going to get headaches and things of that nature? Or is it really worthwhile? I mean, I – uh, you know, I, I, PlayStation VR has been really uh, uh, very good as far as representing itself. And obviously, Oculus Rift, everybody seems to be very interested in. Uh, my time with the Samsung Ge- Gear VR um, was, you know, it, it was okay. It was just showing me, as far as it's concerned, what the peripheral can do. But it did not leave me wanting a substantial amount more as of this time. And then the price is concerned I think, like, like we take the lesson from the Xbox One. If the price is set too high, people are just not going to go for it in, in large numbers. And like you said, there will be early adopters, but I think there's still, uh, you know, a lot of room left for for adjustments um, from Sony, which I know will probably come out in, in the 400s is, is what's rumored, uh, HTC Vive. You know, Samsung with their with their uh, you know Gear VRs and whatnot. As far as uh, the, the actual full base unit and not the one that that's being just marketed for smartphones. Um, it's just I'm hoping for an advancement in technology that that's all well and good and 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 VR is something that that's been toggled with before in the past. I'm just hopeful that it'll become at a at a better price so that all consumers will be able to enjoy it and not just the happy few. And I see what you mean. It's, it's not a, it's, I I don't think that 15% of people out there are going to go buy it. It's 15% of the people that have the capability to buy it will buy it though. And if there's a, if there's a competition out as Xbox one had with PlayStation four, seven days later, that's when, you know, or seven days later, earlier, earlier, sorry, um, they, they had that competition. So that's why there was a, a price difference for only seven days. Then people wanted to save that money. But if let's say Oculus, for example, comes out first by a long margin, a year or even more that 
they can price it at what price point they want. These, you know, early 15% again are going to be buying it no matter what the cost is because they know that these other companies are not going to have one. Now, if they all come out at the same time, that's when price comes into effect. Now, eventually, though, I believe those 15% will still buy one just depending on which one they want. If they want to go with the $500 Oculus, the $400 PlayStation VR, the whatever price Vive, they will go to whatever suits their needs, suits their budget, and suits their their wants all at once. Good point. Definitely some good points indeed. So we'll be looking forward to that because 2016 now, it's no longer just on the horizon as far as virtual reality is concerned. It's no longer just relegated to trade shows. Uh, this holiday season, in fact, early in the 2016 period and are definitely midway and later in, as we evolve into 2016, we will definitely be seeing uh, virtual reality trying to gain a foothold within the consumer base uh, and definitely making its pitch. You'll be seeing the commercials. You'll be seeing the wonders and splendor of virtual reality uh, in the not too distant future. And and I, for one, am looking forward to it. I'm just hopeful that it become uh, more at a price, a reasonable price that, that a lot of people will be more interested in getting into. That's true. And speaking of gaming, because gaming will be at, at least in the early interim, the, the, one of the main key things that people will be drawn into as far as experiencing when it comes to virtual reality. Um, there's a lot of great gaming that was done last year in 2015, um, with our game of the year. We just talked uh, about that as far as in our last podcast a little bit, but wanted to go ahead and congratulate super Mario maker, not only the people's choice, uh, I see you getting a sar- giving your sarcastic clap, but it's not only the uh, the the game source uh, staff choice, but also the people's choice as far as our popular vote based off our best video games of 20, uh, 2015 Facebook page. We truly appreciate everyone taking the time out to vote, and also as well, we truly appreciate everyone on the staff for you know their part in voting for Super Mario Maker. Um, <laughs> I, I know your thoughts on it aren't as, as uh, great as some others, but hey, you know, it was the one, the majority choice. It, it won. Um, it's a great game. Uh, I know a lot of people have, have truly some great things to say about it. Um, it rated very highly with us, and it is our 2015 game of the year. So I do want to congratulate Nintendo on that, and also as well uh, for The Witcher 3 and Fallout 4 for following close behind as far as. Uh, the game of the year voting is concerned. They they were fell just short to Super Mario Maker, but definitely congrats to Super Mario Maker indeed. But your thoughts, Chris, on Super Mario Maker uh, winning game of the year as a whole? Um, as as a game, nothing wrong with it. It was a very fun game. However, the like because my my personal choice, I I thought The Witcher Three was probably my favorite game of the year. Absolutely. Mine, mine too, or Rocket League. Uh, those were Rocket really, League, really good. Yeah. Now, one that I've actually fallen in love with after the year ended, and it was it was sad that it came out so late, though, was uh, was Rainbow Six Siege. Um, as simple as the game is, as an eSport or as a, as a competitive game, it is one of the best games I've, I've played. Granted some bugs, granted some other stuff, but as they perfected and as they patched it, this concept of a game has been amazing. However, going back to Mario Maker, it's still a great game. It still has a lot of fun aspect to it. You know, you get your nostalgic uh, Mario effect, 
but you also get to create what you want. And a lot of people have always thought that, like, what if this was just a little bit over here? This one was a little bit over there. Make it how you want. And now that's not even a question. What if is actually there for Mario? The one thing that I found a little weird with it winning game of the year, not even just from us, but on a lot of different um, awards, uh, was that it's it's a game, but it's a game in the sense of if we made the Unreal Engine a video game. You create your own stuff. None of it was uh, was its own full-fledged game. So it felt like, you know, if Unreal Engine had become its own game or if uh, Project Spark became its own game in one game of the year, it felt very, like, open to it. But, you know, with that, they also did keep to its its own original feel, Mario. And with all these other ones, you can kind of go more open to whatever. Project Spark, you can make any type of game anywhere you want, any how you want. And Unreal Engine is legitimately an engine, a game creator. So it makes sense as to why Mario would win a Game of the Year award, because Mario's a game. Uh, yes, indeed it is. Uh, it's a very excellent game, and I know a lot of people just enjoyed it here, not only in our staff, uh, but also the people as well. That's why it became the Game of the Year. And again, our congratulations uh, for winning the Game Source Game of the Year award. But I know you were mentioning as also as well Rainbow Six Siege. Um, it fared pretty well when it comes to the overall sales for December. Um, the MPD recently uh, actually released its uh, sales for not only December but the entire year of 2015. Uh, for December 2015. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 3 led the way as, to no one's surprise, Star Wars, Star Wars Battlefront, Fallout 4, Madden NFL 16, NBA 2K, 2K 16, Grand Theft Auto 5, Rainbow Six Siege, Minecraft, Minecraft the Story Mode, and FIFA 16 rounded out the top 10. I was kind of surprised Just Cause 3 was not in there. I do know for a fact that it was a little bit more popular in the UK area as it was on the UK charts for a little bit longer, obviously, than, than uh, within here North, North America. Uh, but both uh, Rainbow Six Siege and Just Cause 3 both rated highly for us in the month of December. Um, but obviously, you see there's there's a bit of a status quo uh, when it comes to, to sales and where consumer trends are going. Um, with that said... For the entire year for 2015, the MPD just uh, released also its information for the entire year, and the best-selling game of the year was, da 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 da, to no surprise, Black Ops 3, Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 3, of course, then Madden NFL 16, Fallout 4, Star Wars Battlefront, Grand Theft Auto 5, NBA 2K16, Minecraft, Mortal Kombat X, FIFA 16, and well, what do you know? Last year's, uh, the previous year's entry, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare, uh, picked out the rest of the top ten. I was kind of surprised that Witcher 3 wasn't there because they were always tooting their horn about how well their sales were because I know they went over, I believe, 7 million in sales, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. But um, that tells me that, that a lot of these games went exceeded seven, eight, nine, ten million uh, in sales, but I was kind of surprised Battlefront did not, even with all the Star Wars hype, did not actually uh, garner the top notch uh, on either December or the full year sales. Uh, your thoughts on the sales as a whole um, and PlayStation 4 won again for the year, won for December 
uh, top console again. Uh, I believe it won 10 out of the 12 months of the year, so um, 36 million and strong and, and, and going. Your comments so far on the sales for December and also the rest of the year? Well, I'm pretty surprised that Call of Duty won two of the top, top 10. I mean, that's, that's amazing that they can keep selling that well. Um, and I'm sure that Advanced Warfare probably sold most of the beginning of the year from January till September before the first, before the Black Ops 3 game came out. Yeah. yeah. Um, the one thing is, I think with Battlefront, I noticed a lot more trends of people buying new consoles that came with Battlefront for free. That may have also affected its sales. Since it may uh, not actually, be- with the MPD, yeah, and I agree with you because with the MPD, they never uh, consider bundle sales. So those Fallout 4 bundles, those Call yeah. of Duty Black Ops bundles, uh, excuse me, Black Ops 3 bundles, yeah. and then also more importantly, the Star Wars Battlefront bundles, which I believe was the, the biggest push for them, uh, also was well outside the Uncharted Trilogy bundles. So we have no idea exactly how well Uncharted Trilogy sold because I know that was... Uh, especially on Black Friday, was the the biggest seller of, yeah. of any of the console bundles, period, of, across any platform. So be that as it may, um, you know, it, it's really anyone's guess to how well it sold and uh, some of those top titles sold. But but be that be that as it may, at least on the top end uh, of the industry, it seems to be uh, somewhat healthy. Um, I know the 3DS, uh, Vita, uh, Wii U sales uh, were were not as robust as what they wanted wanted to be as far as it's concerned. I know that there's an issue as far as handheld sales as a whole uh, declining sharply. Um, you know, it just but as a whole, I think in 2015 with the new consoles that are newer consoles that are available, I, I, I see you know some continued growth there. Um, and with VR, possibly for the PlayStation end of it, maybe actually adding a little bit onto that. But your thoughts, uh, again, just to finish up on uh, the MPD and sales as a whole for 2015, uh, um, you know, you said you were surprised about Advanced Warfare. What else stuck out to you? Um, I mean, for the most part, it seemed pretty accurate. Um, usually, at least in the past 10 some odd years, when Call of Duty has been thriving as a online game, as, as a game in general, but... Call of Duty made no surprise to me of being the first uh, most sold game of the year. Um, sports games always sell well because they they cater to almost anybody. Hardcore gamers, casual gamers, even the people that only play one game a year, most of the time it's a sports game. Madden, FIFA, NBA, great games, by the way. Uh, but I think most of it seemed not predictable, but you know, with so many games that came out, so many AAA titles, especially right around the holiday season again, you can't have 15 games make the top 10 list. There's going to be some that straggle. And games like Minecraft still making it, you know, makes sense because that's a that's a game that will almost never die, it seems. Uh, if they made that into an MMO of some sort, they could probably beat out World of Warcraft thoughts, but that's about it. Uh, but all these other games that are out are... are you know, right where they belong. I think they made a lot of sales and they deserved exactly being where they are. Uh, now we just got to wait for next year and see if the same trend follows. And and on that note, I uh, just wanted to go ahead and get your thoughts on what games you're looking for, forward to. The top five games that, that Killer X Wolf, a.k.a. Chris, is looking forward to. You'll hear it first here. Yes. 
Newsflash. <laughs> so, so I'm going to start from five and go up because it's always more anticipating that way. And that means you got to listen to the rest of the podcast to hear my number one. So number five, I'm really looking forward to the new Call of Duty. Just because this one right here, and, and as everyone is, but I'm a, I'm a first-person shooter fan. Call of Duty, blah, blah, blah. There we go. Yeah. I, I want to know where they're going to go with this. I mean, if they continue, I've always wanted to know, are they going to continue on with the same series? And the next company is the same company that made Ghost. It's going to be, uh, uh, what? Yeah, it is. I, I know, I but I'm oh, like... Oh, you're, you're not looking... Because Ghost, I, in, in my opinion, also commercial opinion, is false to the fact that they couldn't give those suckers away last year, you know, even though it was two years old and whatnot, you know, um, but copies were as low as $1 for such a recent game. Um, my opinion, uh, I guess consumer opinion and consumer backlash and gaming backlash said uh, you need to rethink the Ghost series. But go ahead. Uh, cool. I, personally, I like the story. I thought it was a good plot twist to it. I thought it was a pretty well-written storyline. Again, my personal opinion. I also found a lot of bad movies to be good stories. That's just me. So uh, I personally really like that, and I want to see if they continue with Ghost or if they're going to go to a different series. I mean, Black Ops has continued for three. Modern Warfare to Advanced Warfare has been different. They, they could continue with this Ghost series, or they could start over fresh again. Who knows what they're going to do? That's why I'm really excited for this year. It's their chance to redeem or to mess up and, you know, Activision say, all right, we're done with the studio. Uh, no, they want to do that. Maybe. We'll find out. Uh, number four. Don't uh, ever underestimate Activision. <laughs> yeah. And as a matter of fact, I mean, they just bought out King. So, I mean, you know, buying out Candy Crush is one of the biggest things that they've ever done, I, I'm guessing. And that's well. That's not the only acquisition they made, but uh, we'll talk about that in a sec. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah. Number four. Number four. Ghost Recon. Huge Ghost Recon fan. Going to go with that because that's going to be one of the biggest open world games there. Uh, number three. Um, I wish I wrote these down. I'm trying to remember them. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. While you're still uh, looking that yeah. up, pull, let me pull it up again. Uh, let me just shout out my five, my top right. five, um, as far as that's concerned. Obviously, for me, as a huge Uncharted fan, number one's got to be, for me, the new Uncharted 4. Please don't kill Drake. Uh, thieves end. Please don't let it end. Uh, please keep Drake alive. I know that's from all the inferences and all the signs and all the hints Naughty Dog is saying that it will be the end for Nathan Drake. Please do not let it be so. Uh, number two, Mass Effect Andromeda. If it comes out and does not get delayed, please, crossing the fingers again. Um, the Mass Effect series, as you can see behind me, is something that is also near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I'm hopeful that it will continue the great trend of awesome games uh, in the Mass Effect series. Uh, Mass Effect 3 ending up standing. Uh, number three, No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky has been something that has uh, endeared to me for a while now. Every time I see it, I'm just hopeful that I get into it. Uh, I will be able to explore the vastness of space to my desire and that there will be things in the space, both in space and on the planets I discover or also find or land on, what have you, that will be truly interesting and also detailed and also wonderful experiences for me to explore. 
Um, and then also space battles, hopefully to experience up above when I'm in space and all that good stuff. Uh, number four, I'm hoping for a Left for Dead. That would be awesome. There's hints on it. There's also as well uh, a lot of inferences that Left for Dead is going to be the way that they're moving to instead of Half-Life 3 by Valve. Uh, so I'm hopeful for that. But on the realistic front, I want to go with number four. Uh, let's go with uh, The Division. The Division is obviously something that's coming out in a short period of time. The beta is coming out real soon. I will get my hands on some game time then and seeing exactly where this action MMO is going to be, is going to take place and going to be as far as in you know taking recreating uh, Manhattan one by one uh, and showing up as far as it's concerned. Uh, just just the scale and and not only just that, just to seeing how this game will develop uh, over time and just want to be want to get my hands on that. And last but not least, Cuphead. Uh, which is going to be an Xbox One exclusive. I, maybe PC, I'm not quite, I forgot really uh, in my notes, but uh, I know uh, Xbox One exclusive. Looking forward to that uh, in case um, inside and below. Just basically those those almost arcade indie Xbox Ones um, that are coming out inside, uh, below, and Cuphead are all the ones that I'm looking forward to. So it's kind of like a tie uh, with, um, um, with Honor by Ubisoft, and also as well, the Sea of Thieves, uh, you know, games I'm also interested in playing as well. For you, how you finish your list, what you got? Yeah, I did. Uh, by the way, it's For Honor, not With Honor. Oh, uh, For Honor. So, right. Yeah, all good, though. Um, yeah, so number three, you, you actually touched on two of them. Number three that I wanted was, uh, that I'm going to get, that I'm very anticipated for, is No Man's Sky. That was my, my go-to game when that was announced about two years ago when I heard like what they can do, I was more excited about seeing where this game is going to go. I, everyone's like, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? I was like, what else are you guys going to do? That was my first thought. Uh, didn't care how long it would take. Cause I know some of these games have been taking too long, but for that type of game, for that type of immensity, ah, oh, that's, that's going to be a game to look for. Um, the get the second game, five, four, three, two, correct. Uh, <laughs> Is uh, is actually Mirror's Edge. Um, Mirror's Edge Catalyst. That's right. So I've you know the the opening cinematic to that when they announced it looked amazing. The the whole Mirror's Edge storyline and everything is just so compelling to me uh, that that's really really big. Um, uh, I guess before I go to number one, number six that I had as well that was also very beautifully looked and beautifully designed was Quantum Break. Um, that I really want to see how that goes as long as that comes out as promised as well. Uh, but the number one game. Uh, gee, I wonder what it could be. Hmm, I think I know. I'm going to call it game of the year. And I'm going to say it's Gears of War 4. What a shock. <laughs> Knowing as I know you. Yeah. Yes. No. Okay. So Gears of War, uh, unfortunately, you know, as I find it very blasphemous, has never won game of the year. Um, it's one shooter of the year. It's one multiplayer of the year from different companies and stuff. Amazing, but uh, never won a true game of the year award uh, unless from IGN or something like that. Uh, it's one from yourgamesource.com. If I'm not too mistaken, you guys voted it. Um, Here's a War Three, right? 
That is correct. Yep. We voted it here as a YourGameSource.com Game of the Year. So it has truly won a prestigious award. It's won one prestigious award, but the whole series has not, unfortunately. This one... It, well, it, judgment, judgment and you and I will go to the death fighting. I will. <laughs> uh, this one, I'm really hoping it's it's kicked off with the Unreal 4 engine. It should be just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, if they do anything as they did with uh, the Gears of War... Uh, remake, Gears of War 1 remake cutscenes were, that truly looked a lot more beautiful. So if they can create a game from scratch with that, I think it's going to look a lot better. It's going to feel a lot better. And if they can keep the storyline going, I'm going to fall in love with it all over again. Um, I, certainly, I certainly hope so, because like I said, Judgment left a lot, bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, including my own. Uh, yeah. Long-time Gears fans, such as myself, um, who, who own the series... Uh, we're sadly disappointed with that last entry. But now that's in the hands of, of Rod Ferguson as a whole and his new company that's totally dedicated to making everything Gears of War related, I'm looking forward to it as well. But the one thing, like I wanted to say, it's a great game. May not win Game of the Year. I'm still going to keep my heart, heart on it. One game that I do think will win Game of the Year, and it's also another game I want to add to my top five, six, seven, wherever you want to put this now, is uh, Dark Souls. So Dark Souls 3 coming out uh, very shortly, within the next couple of months, and it's got a lot already out that it, people are dying over. They are taking the mechanics and the fluidness of Bloodborne, but the graphic design and the, the, the nostalgia effect of the way, the way you play Dark Souls, combine those two, make them a baby, and then they've got Dark Souls 3 in this sense. I, watching the videos, watching everyone talk about it and look at it, I cannot be more excited. As, as, a, as a masochist as I am for video games and dying over and over and over again in Dark Souls just to beat it, I'm ready to do that again for a whole new story. And this time, you know, it's it's going to be hell, but I will enjoy it every single second. Awesome, indeed. Uh, and I look forward to it as well. Uh, a lot of great titles coming out, and we definitely uh, – just a little taste of just some some titles we, that we here are looking forward to. Uh, so we're going to wrap this thing up here with just a couple quick quick last things as far as is concerned. Right, rapid um, fire for real this time. Rapid fire for real uh, with Killer X Wolf. Um, NX. NX has come out with some, you know, leaked-ish things, you know, as far as prototypes, as, as far as that the patents, things of that nature, as far as the controller, about the base unit. A um, little bit of this hearsay, a little bit of that rumor. Um, your thoughts on what you've heard about the NX for so far, real quick. Um, I'm hoping that it'll actually the 900p issue will be eradicated, and that by the time they introduce it as a whole, uh, 1080 or 4K will be a reasonable future for them. And then also as well, uh, the integration and 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 with smartphone apps and smartphone gaming, um, I'm I'm enthused about. And uh, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to incorporate that seamlessly in, into a better online experience. But go ahead. Yeah, I I mean, some of these that are rumored around, I, I don't know if this is going to come out and be true, but for it to work multi-platform, to work with smartphones and other computers and devices, it it sounds like a, it sounds like a big leap for Nintendo uh, now that they're trying to outsource it from outside of just, oh, it's all proprietary. You can only work it with this. Maybe you can work it with a 3DS. Now they're like, you can do everything with it and take it anywhere or do something else with it. 
and integrate the stuff you already have at home and not have to just buy ours. That's a pretty bold move considering Microsoft and Sony are still trying to get into that. I mean, they do have smart glass and the PlayStation app and stuff like that to integrate your, your current existing technology with your console. But if NX does it the same way or does it better and they work to more devices, Nintendo can jump back up on their game since they've fallen off the horse since, you know, uh, 2010 ish. And now, you know, step up as a main competitor and this gaming industry again, and we can have the big three. Absolutely, because I am definitely hopeful for Nintendo. I know uh, a lot of uh, individuals, as far as concerned, have have shared my concern over the company in recent past. Um, but I, I this this business as a whole works so much better when there's so much better competition. I'm hopeful that that all three uh, publishers and console makers will be able to produce quality products. Uh, in the future, and it's going to start hopefully with the NX uh, coming out. Well, if rumors true, later this year. And finally, the last question is going to touch on esports real quick. As esports, I think it's uh, um, becoming a little bit more and more stars, you know, poking their nose as far as within the uh, broader consumer realm. Um, because in the past month, we've had a lot of uh, interesting topics come up as far as esports is concerned. Uh, with with EA and Activision becoming really really focused on their e-gaming, with uh, with divisions being made, uh, uh, well with with Activision buying ML uh, ML uh, MLG uh, Major League Gaming, uh, with both you know ESPN now you know putting dedicated time uh, not only on their networks but also on their their online programming with stories and information. Uh, on the esports gaming scene, they actually just did a uh, 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 a news story de- dealing with the, the substance abuse that that uh, or actually pre- uh, preference for Adderall and other gaming drugs uh, in order to to enhance performance. Uh, uh, and noted the story on that, uh, but also as well, Turner Sports, uh, you know, making such a big splash at CES. In announcing that they're now committing to to a long-term esports gaming plan, so with all this going on, and obviously already all that we see on Twitch, on YouTube gaming, on on all this stuff as far as it's concerned, the, the these kids that are you, by the way, you would be an old man in the e-gaming scene. By the way, I, just I, I am know. actually. Uh, I, I've I've followed a couple esports teams, and uh, w- when they're talking about interviews and. He's you know, one guy on their team is like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking to all my younger uh, colleagues and this and and I'm they call they call me the old guy because I'm 21 and I'm, I'm like 21 and you're old? No way. Well, and, it's all about reaction time and and yeah. obviously that's why the need for uh, some individuals within the e-gaming scene to go and resort to that type. For me, I just take a good strong, you know, <laughs> cup of coke and and glad you know. You know, there you go. Give me some Coca-Cola. I'm all set. But that's fine for me. But obviously, as well, when there's when there's lots now, there was lots of money involved before before with you know, uh, Dota, and Counter Strike, and and you know all the MOBAs F- and FPSs that that are now getting involved, fighting games as far as it's concerned. Yeah. Uh, we all know about Evo and all that, and all these dollars being pandied about. And then they go on Twitch and YouTube gaming and and uh, show off as far as it's concerned, and, and thousands and thousands of viewers turn in there. But my question to you is, now with all these other corporate entities really putting their 
they're dipping their well they're not dipping just dipping their toe in the water they're actually just diving right in uh your thoughts on where the esports gaming uh can go and we'll uh we'll shoot out from there well i think it's that as as esports i mean since they've already breached into espn and showing you know world tournaments off of espn and they're they're using twitch and other streaming sites to give a much more broad uh, audience to view these things for free, essentially, that don't have to actually fly out to uh, New York or fly out to Seattle or somewhere to watch these tournaments. Uh, since they're giving it a lot more casual viewing now, you can watch it from your TV, from your computer, from your smartphone, tablet, anything. Uh, I think more people are going to be able to watch this and get into it. Therefore, tell their friends, hey, you need to watch this, get into it. Put, you know, Word of mouth, I think, is a great advertisement as it is for it. But uh, the, the people that they tend to catch on to are people that like to play the game. So what they have to first do is make sure the game is playable amongst millions of people. Once it is, those millions will watch the few dozens that are the best in the world. At that point, you know, it, it's, it's eventually going to become a much more mainstream thing. And the rumors of creating an ESPN... Uh, esports channel was, you know, a, a laughing joke, but I think it's a good idea uh, that people have been talking about and saying, "Hey, if there's one of these, put it on a cable network, put it on this or whatever, and have it just live stream something always going on." Because there's always tournaments going on. You turn on Twitch at any time of the day, and there's a tournament somewhere for some game, a card game, a board game, a shooter, a racer, a fighting. No matter what it is, it's some place in the world. There's someone trying to stream on Twitch. Why not give it to a broadcasting network that can stream it to more TVs? Or play highlights. You know, they do that all the time. They play reruns for football games, basketball games. Why can't they rerun the uh, the World Championship for League of Legends, for Dota, for Counter-Strike, for Call of Duty, anything out there? Personally, really passionate about it. I want it to happen. I want it to be a, a big thing, and it will. I hope so too, but it's also as well. I think it also involves the personalities involved, it's not just the gamers becoming, you know, household names, but also being able to to take that spotlight and do something with it, and also the announcers uh, being something that that comes across as friendly. Uh, if they do come across as as um, gaming centric and not approachable by the by the consumer regular consumer audience at large. Uh, I don't see it evolving beyond a certain point. I see a, I see a ceiling, and that's it. If it comes to the point where there are some some personalities, both both in and out of the gaming scene, that get involved or that are involved, that that highlight. I, I basically like MMA. MMA really didn't take off until the personalities started to to be showcased. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, and that's what I'm I'm going to equate esports to is is MMA. If you can find those individuals that are knowledgeable about e-gaming that have the personality that are that audiences would be attracted to that can also relate your product to a broader audience because as we know from sales you're not going to be a hit unless you reach a larger general consumer audience so yeah. for esports you're never going to get over with a better larger public unless you're going to be able to get over with a larger consumer audience. And you need to have individuals that are going to be able to bridge that gap. 
And with, uh, I, I understand that there's Colin Cowherds out there that are just always going to think that, you know, that we're all in our mom's basement and as far as e-gaming concerned and we'll have no, no concept, nor do they care to, uh, as far as the e-gaming scene. And that's not, that's okay. You know, the Jimmy Kimmel's of the world and, and who all these insensitive, uh, um, uh, individuals, you know, for lack of a better term, but I won't say what I would like to say. Good, um, good that, <laughs> yeah, that that um, you know really don't want to open their minds up about the gaming scene. That's not sports. I'm not going to tell you it's sports or athletics or things of the nature. But it is a competitive scene, and it does get fun. It does get interesting. And if you are at least even remotely interested in in watching this, it, you know it's something maybe hopefully in the, in the coming months that you'll be able to to get a chance and, and just watch for a few minutes. You might like what you see, but there just has to be those individuals both in the tournament themselves, in the gaming scene themselves, and then also as well being able to to commentate on it that's going to be able to get over to a broader audience. I didn't mean to use the wrestling term there, but I used the yeah. wrestling term there to get over to a broader audience. If, the, if MMA can do it, I believe also the e-gaming scene can do it as well. I won't say they will, but I say that there's at least a lot of promise there. So. Yeah. And actually, going to actually what you said with MMA in this, the greatest thing, and I wish that this guy could be a spokesperson for esports in some way. Last night I was watching Twitch, and I decided to watch a Rainbow Six Siege stream randomly. Went to one of the first five streams I saw, wasn't even the top streamer, clicked it. And I'm watching the guy, and I'm like, he looks super familiar. He looks extremely familiar. He sounds familiar. It was Quentin Jackson, Quentin Rampage Jackson, an MMA fighter, a world champion, multiple world champion, heavyweight champion, I should say, light UFC light heavyweight champion, I should say. That's what he is. And he was streaming. He was playing the game, playing with friends, playing with people randomly online. But he was passionate about this. He was like, I game a lot. I, I do a lot of work. I do a lot of stuff. But gaming is something he goes to as a default, like, you know, calming thing. And granted, he wasn't calm half the game. He was more rampage, if you is will. Quentin, is Quentin Jackson ever calm? <laughs> Never. And uh, it, it was amazing to watch. I'm like, th- this guy should obviously be out there advertising the fact that he plays this game because, you know, when people say, oh, you know, only these, you know, these stereotypical gamers play this and this. Well, this guy didn't play for money. He was making money on Twitch, obviously. He had enough streamers, enough viewers, subscribers. People were donating to him. He was making money. But if he were to come out and say, you know, that he does this kind of stuff, a lot of these other people would be like, uh, okay, he plays. He's good. Um, But they're not going to talk about it. They're not going to bring it up and say, well, then you must be a fat guy sitting in your basement. (laughs) They'll get their ass kicked for, sorry, lack of a better term. Uh, Rampage Jackson, you know, at least made me realize that games are not just for one type of people. They can be for anybody, you know, superstars, athletes, kids in their basement, kids with their parents, or just people that want to have a good time. Casual users, men, women, children, old, young. It doesn't matter what your orientation is in it, that you're, you're going to play games regardless if you're great or just good or do it for fun or do it for money. There are people out there that play games. So if they can get this out there and everyone can see that everyone plays games, everyone eventually plays baseball. Everyone eventually plays basketball, football in some kind of way. You play catch with your you know, parents or family or friends. That's a form of baseball. You're, you're catching and pitching at the same time. 
football. You can also play catch. You can actually go out and play basketball, kick a ball around as soccer. You don't have to be a professional, but it's on the air. Video games, if it goes on the air as a professional sport, people should respect that there are people out there that play this professionally and some people that play it casually. And both audiences would love to watch it. Absolutely, and I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, and on that note, uh, <laughs> it's been a great evening in paradise. I've been here with uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Killer X Wolf, a.k.a. Chris, right here. Um, once again, we're yourgamesource.com, the leading aggregate side for everything video game, and also as well pop culture news and information. Uh, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, if you have any questions, please give us a shout out. Emailing info at yourgamesource.com. If you want to help us review games, we get a ton of requests uh, as far as for review codes and, and games and whatnot. Just give us a shout out. Info at yourgamesource.com. Send us a tweet at GameSource if you have any questions as well. GameSource on Facebook. GameSource on YouTube. Game underscore source on Twitch. And you can always find our podcast archived on yourgamesource.com. So don't forget it. to follow, subscribe, everything else. And then, of course, if you want to see me, you can always come back and see me. I'll be here. That, that's true. Or on the Killer X Wolf pro, uh, programming as well on Twitch and also as well Twitter as well. Oh, and I have all that linked on my page. Uh, or you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it's just Killer X Wolf as it sounds. There killer you go. X Wolf. What a killer, indeed. <laughs> so for Chris, a.k.a. Killer X Wolf, I'm Gerald, a.k.a. Yes, Elvis Lives. It's been another evening, great evening in Paradiso. When we hope everyone, you know, wish, want to wish everyone a great gaming 2016. We thank everyone for listening. We thank everybody for watching. And we hope you have yourselves a great day. Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest and latest in gaming news and content, all here at yourgamesource.com.